0: Huh? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> work, fuck work, but I'ma go. Fuck work, fuck work, but I'ma go. But I'ma go. Natasha speaking, truth out through your stereo. Get you through in your scenario. So pump this in your headset. You ain't even gotta take a drug test. Fuck ha- work, fuck work, but I'ma go.
1: it's
2: a monday you guys we have a very very special guest very very How special, special. very very special i've known this man for so long
1: you sound like you come calling up a preacher <laughs> <on Feel laughs> funny he might
2: be you never know you never know <laughs> y'all <laughs> this is a good friend of mine and you know an expert i'm gonna let him talk his shit i'm gonna let him talk his shit
1: i ain't gonna give y'all too much i'm gonna let him do his little spill or but let whatever. me say this what let me, i'm gonna say this part one thing i can say about this uh guest that we have this week <laughs> is that he is a true definition of support my friend um <laughs> i a lot of people say you know they got friends that support them and shout their stuff out for free and use their platform to talk about you know what their friends do but i will say this special guest um actually um did something super dope that people usually charge to do you know what i'm saying and that's just giving somebody else's platform a look on their platforms that has nothing to do with their platform but it just gave an opportunity to their friends. So I just want to say, I really love this guest. And I don't even know this guest we haven't met. But we definitely <laughs> got to meet. Because when I look at his portfolio and his resume and his website, I'm Talk like, your Yo, shit, we got to connect. We got to connect. So, um, so, yeah, without further ado, Jenna, yeah. you, you back. Go ahead. You, All you right. Back. Drumbo
2: please. We have the one and only Adam Tolliver. And Adam- come on, y'all. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <Thomas. laughs> go. What's the
0: stack? No, man. Thank y'all. Thank you I really, I really, really, <laughs> truly appreciate it. I appreciate y'all having me. Um it's it's an honor and a pleasure to be here uh like yes. like Jenna said, I have known Jenna since middle school so, ninety nine yeah so we yeah we we do go back to ninety nine quite literally uh
2: literally y'all got pictures actually, yes, yes,
0: yes we do I wanna we, see we got we got <laughs> pictures uh, all the way up, I mean, we got them at every level all the way through
2: every every That's level yeah, crazy. yeah the good
0: the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, so <laughs> So yeah, Jenna, Jenna is a true home team. Um for sure. and so yeah, it's it it was it was nothing for me to uh to plug the podcast, uh, of course of GP because a family like Jenna, like I said, is family, but then on top of that, what you guys do is really amazing. Um I think this platform that you built is incredibly impressive. Number one, the consistency and longevity, a lot of people say that they're gonna do something. Um But Tasha, you clearly mm. Uh, really committed yourself and ran with it and y'all over 500 episodes deep, which is something that a lot of content producers can never say, like they'll never reach that, that number of doing anything over 500 times. So, but in addition to that, the actual content that you guys deliver um, is entertainment rich and it's education rich, rich, and you keep it timely and contemporary. So you, you guys are keeping up with new laws and new changes in the workplace um, dynamics and things like that. And I think it's extremely valuable. And you're helping people get through uh, a very common experience that most of us can relate to, which is the day to day grind of going to work and dealing with our people. So, <laughs> yep.
2: um, right. so yeah,
0: I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys for having me on. Um, yes. Thank
2: you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, man. Absolutely. Telling me you, you wasn't expecting that, but I was like, hold on. <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: Well, you know look, when, right. you, you, you know when you share when you share something you never know the reception it's gonna get and you know'm I got,
2: I, got, I got a
0: decent amount of followers on Twitter but
2: yes. ultimately
0: though the reason that that tweet took off is because of you all and because of the brand and because of what this show is um I, obviously the the name of the podcast is something that uh everybody can relate to immediately. Right. Um right. whether, whether right. you love your job or not, you're gonna have at least one day.
2: Right. At least one day. One day. Where it's, five <laughs> days out the week, baby.
0: You know, <laughs> look, you know it. So um, so yeah, that that, you know, it was it was uh I'm gonna say it was God's time, and that's the way I'm gonna put it because
2: hey, yes everybody
0: sir. everybody was happy to see that this is something that exists. So a lot of people got put on to to something that's truly great.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate it. I think um that was the thing was just make something controversy, um controversial educational. Mm-hmm. And that was just the whole undertone behind the idea was that, you know, we both work in HR, but it's boring content you know, just Mm -hmm. to be talking about laws all day and I couldn't figure out, you know, in the beginning I was like, how can I take this HR knowledge and make it entertaining Mm -hmm. and for it to come out the way it did, even the intro, like everybody loves the ratchet intro like, you know what I'm saying? And then when you finally hear you like, dang, I learned so Mm -hmm. much in 40 minutes, you know, and so I just, it's just appreciative just to hear people say they learn something, they feel better about, you know, what they do and um just to hear from you like to see your home girl like yo this is dope you know and um it just honors me to see jenna because jenna didn't ask for this you know i begged jenna to do this and um so it just gives me joy to see her experiences more than anything
0: i love it man i love it and i appreciate y'all having me here so of course i know you invited me here i didn't even talk about yes. what it is that i do so um uh,
1: Yes, come on, tell us what you're so doing. I am
0: a financial advisor. I do fee-based financial planning, working primarily out of Atlanta, but I have clients uh, all over the country. Um, oh. I have a business partner. Her name is Meredith Moore, and we operate, our office is out of Alpharetta. I won't say we operate out of Alpharetta because I do not drive to Alpharetta every day. Uh, I still live on the <laughs> South Side, uh, where I love south it, side. Um, where I've always oh. been, and I love it uh but i work primarily with uh young professionals and and i use that term kind of broadly because most of my clients are between the ages of 30 and about 45 um so they are starting to get established professionally starting to get into their peak earning years and sorting out a lot of the early headaches that come with figuring out your finances so Um, paying for weddings, starting families, making first time home purchases, sometimes making second time home purchases. So selling their first home, but just going through a lot of major financial decisions, figuring out how to navigate while also sort of building their foundation for long term goals like retirement, preparing for taking care of aging parents. Um, preparing for college planning for their children, things like that, of course, dealing with their own college planning with student loans. So there's a lot of moving pieces that happen uh, in this stage in people's lives. And I'm in a unique position because the vast majority of the financial advisors uh, that exist out there are old white men. And obviously I am not uh, neither old yet nor white. Um, And so I get to, uh, because of my business model, work with people who usually do not have the type of assets or investable assets to bring to the table for an older um, or more established advisor for them to see them as an attractive client. Um, But most importantly for me, it means that I get an opportunity to uh, be a familiar face a relatable face to people who traditionally have not had access to the type of advice that I believe everybody deserves. So yes. um so yeah, I'm happy to be here. I really appreciate it. Again, I appreciate the the invitation.
2: Adam, you're so professional. Like right. <laughs> you're so you're so professional. Like you don't even know like a little south side. <laughs> you a trip. Yeah, that's that's that
0: pratchet. That's that pratchet.
2: Yeah that, Pratchett that Pratchett.
0: You know yeah, the switch. switch. Everybody know the
1: switch. Yeah. Everybody know the switch. Yeah. So with that being said, because like I was, um, you know, telling you or having basically some side conversation, my plan is to retire at 45. Like I want to be out. I'm not waiting to 62. I'm not waiting till mm-hmm. 55. What advice would you have for a Pratchett like myself? Um, although I'm not in corporate mm-hmm. America, um, what is some advice that you have for people that either are in corporate America or those of us that have small business?
0: So, uh, if you specifically are the type of person, Oh, first of all, let me give my disclaimer. Um, no, nothing mm-hmm. that I say here is personal advice. And that's even to you, Tasha, even though you're asking the question directly, because I do not know your full picture, right. your full situation. So I'm not giving specific right. personal advice. Um, also you haven't paid a retainer. No offense. But also,
2: (laughs) but just just
0: as a rule of thumb, um, when you are preparing for retirement, a lot of it has to do with understanding how to actually think about and define retirement. Um, Because once you do that, you can start to wrap your head around what's necessary from a savings and investment point and actually in actuality to afford retirement. So what I mean by that is, retirement in and of itself is essentially a purchase event you are saying that at this point in time i will have enough assets to pay myself the income that will afford me the lifestyle that i want without working Mm. so right now regardless of whether you own a business or you're in corporate america you have an income that funds your lifestyle it pays your bills It helps you take care of your family. It helps you do the things that you enjoy doing, all of the extras, the vacations, the gifts, uh, the shopping, whatever it is that's in your lifestyle that you feel is essential for you to enjoy your life, your income from your job. And some people may have like a side hustle that brings in more money, but either way, you're working or creating value to generate an income. Retirement is where you say, I'm now at the point where I have saved and invested enough to generate that income on my own without having to work for it. For some people that may mean that they'll never work again. For some, it may mean that they'll work part-time doing exclusively something that they really enjoy um, or something just to pass the time. But what it means is that you are financially in a place that you can pay yourself to fund the lifestyle that you want to continue to live for the rest of your life without working. And so right. knowing that, Time is a very critical factor because the rate at which you need to save and invest becomes very critical based on time. The shorter amount of time you have, the more aggressively you need to put money away. So that's rule number one. If you are trying to retire at 45, you know that you need to be, number one, earning at, at at a much higher rate than the average person. But you also need to be putting away at a much higher rate in order to afford that. The other thing is, if you're going to retire early and early being before, in this case, 59 and a half. So normal retirement age is 65. Um, Some still some some actually do it based on 67 now because life expectancy is longer. So people are living longer, therefore working longer. But that's a normal age as far as qualified plans go. And this is why this is important. The traditional vehicles for retirement, where most people are going to have the bulk of their retirement assets, are going to be in what are called qualified plans. And a qualified plan is simply called that because the IRS recognizes money grown in those plans to be earmarked for retirement. So that's going to be your 401k, that's going to be your IRA, your Roth IRA, any type of IRA typically. Um, if you access that money before 59 and a half, you'll have to pay a penalty plus taxes. Right. So what that means is that if you want to retire at 45, you need to have some non-qualified assets, at least enough that are going to bridge the gap for you between age 45 and 59 and a half. So
2: mm. that's
0: something to be, Sorry. that's something to be very mindful of Um, for anyone who's planning to retire early. There is a couple backdoor provisions that you can take advantage of when you're 55. But even that, again, you still need about a 10 a ten year cushion of assets that are going to help fund your lifestyle until you get to that point.
1: Mm. You okay. know what you got to do, Natasha? Right. So the thing is, is that, you know, that was my specific plan, but how or what information would you need? from any of our listeners that will be interested in working with you to figure out your financial Um, plan? So
0: anytime I do a financial plan with someone, the the most standard engagement working with myself and my business partner, our office is a full financial planning agreement. Um, And those are engagements that are done over the course of nine months where we are putting together, a full plan based on every aspect of your financial picture. So risk management, estate planning, investment planning, retirement planning, all of those areas are covered in a comprehensive plan. And in that process is really three steps. We call it assess, clarify, and track. And the assess part would be really critical to starting because we need to take a snapshot of where you currently are financially. We need to know what type of income you have. This is all like all of the hard numbers about where you are. What's your income? What are your expenses? How much have you saved for retirement? How much do you have in liquid savings? What type of debt are you carrying? All of those things need to be addressed in the early going just to get a good feel for where you actually are. After that, we do what we call clarify. And that's really about bringing context to the numbers because financial planning is about the numbers. But ultimately, it's really about your life and the way that you use money to express your values and to experience your life. So we've got these numbers that we took down and that's 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 pretty boilerplate like code. Like, okay, this is your salary, but how long is it going to be your salary for? Do you love your job? Do you hate your job? Do you plan on? exiting, jumping out of that within the next five years, 10 years. Like, so we need to contextualize that so that we understand it. And then we need to create some alignment for your actual goals. What's your desired future state? What is the, where's the place that you want to go to in your life with your family, with your money? And in that process, we do a lot of education. Um, We're heavy on education uh, because ultimately I feel like, the more educated a person is, the more confident they feel in the decisions that they're making. Um, So what we don't want to do is like take all your information and put together these complicated reports and then spit out some recommendations. And then you just do it because you trust me. Um, It's cool. Like that's an easy way to go. But ultimately, if you're going to actually stick to a plan, you need to have the personal understanding and context to be able to feel confident in what you're doing. So that you're not looking up two years from now, three years from now and being like, why am I doing this again? Um, And so that is a big part. We do investments one on one, risk management, one on one, estate planning one on one. We do all that in the clarify phase. Um, And a lot of that is just like, how do you demystify the jargon around the financial services industry? Um, Because if you go and you do your own research, you'll find hundreds and thousands of articles with opinions and philosophies and approaches and all these definitions that you may or may not be familiar with. It's like drinking fire from a fire hose and you don't really know what's relevant, what's right, what's wrong. Um, So we're really getting grounded in some common terminology and definitions so that you can actually understand the context behind why you're getting certain recommendations and how it's relevant to you. So That's the clarify phase. So we've got assess, clarify and then track. So after we do clarify, we've made our recommendations for your first steps in your plan. So from that point on, it's really a lot of maintenance and revisiting to make sure that that initial framework that we built for your financial plan is still relevant to your life because life happens. Life changes. Families grow and change. Careers grow and change. So at least once a year, we're doing an annual review. And in the meantime, we check in once a quarter, just a phone call, email to say, hey, how's it going? Anything new? Anything significant? Do you have any questions? That type of thing.
2: Right. That sounds so good. I get my life. Man, get my life together.
1: <laughs> all right. So all in all, um, what are some things that you think, because with millennials right now, we're job hoppers, as they say, and all this, this stuff. What are some um, things that we could have financially in our buckets? And I know everybody's like into the stock market right now and everybody's into real estate, but if we talk about the seven streams of income and this is just generalized, what are some things that you would say that everybody should be having right now outside of their like a starting, starting point?
0: So yeah, starting I'm point. very much a keep it simple person. Um, a lot of yes. people uh, take, an interest in investing in the stock market. And I don't knock that at all, but it is uh, really important to understand what is or is not necessary. And for a lot of people, um, and some people won't admit this and that's perfectly fine, but a lot of people would love to grow their money, but do not have the interest to stick to and develop a new skill, which would be trying to manage a portfolio. Um, especially for themselves. So, you know, people want to, you know, get stock tips and then they want to pick and buy and trade their own stocks. And I don't completely discourage people from doing that. However, um, traditionally speaking, my rule of thumb is that unless you have a portfolio of $1 million of investable assets or more, you probably should not be buying individual stocks anyway. Only from the standpoint of leverage and efficiency. So the size of your portfolio and what you're able to buy, your buying power in the market is not very high. Um, And the best example that I can give of that is um, Amazon. So Amazon right now is a bit over $3,400 to buy, um, which means that if you have, Let's say you have $10,000 to invest, which if you've never invested before, that feels like a lot of money. And of course, in most contexts, $10,000 is nothing to sneeze at. But if you wanted to go buy Amazon stock with $10,000, you can't afford more than three shares. And so from a scale standpoint, typically, if you've got a portfolio that is less than a million dollars, you are really going to be fine working with. Simple index and mutual funds, Um, you know, don't 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 overcomplicate things, but also you alleviate a lot of the headache that comes with making critical decisions around your investments. If you are in one of those sort of risk pooled type of mutual funds where you can get diversification, you can get leverage, you can get a lot of different stocks and bonds inside your portfolio without having to sit and decide day by day what you want to pick and trade um so the big thing really is to make sure that you've got an adequate savings plan for what you actually need so we're always thinking about saving in the context of time saving and investing in the context of time the questions that you want to ask before you put your money anywhere first question is how much money am i going to need when am I going to need this money is the second question. So is this money that I don't plan on touching for the next few months? Is it money that I don't plan on touching for the next few years? Is this money I'm not going to touch until decades from now? And then the last question is, what is this money going to be doing for me between now and when I need it? So what's the actual function or purpose for this money uh, in the meantime? And so the further out that time horizon is, that money that we don't plan on touching for decades, we know that we can be more aggressive with that money. So that's money that we can put in the stock market. The closer we get to when we need that money. So if I say, yeah, I'm saving money because I'm going on this vacation uh, next April, that's money that you want to be relatively safe. So you might put it in a high yield savings account or something like that, because you don't want If you know that you're going to be spending $3,000 or whatever it is, you don't want to wake up the day that you need to spend it. And it's 2,500 instead of 3,000. And so we, Mm -hmm. we build our risk models and make our decisions based on the relevance to the time in which we're going to need the money short term, midterm or long term. And then we put the money in its appropriate place based on that.
2: So basically, like I said before, let me get my shit. Okay. Thanks, Adam.
1: Thank, thanks for <laughs> thanks for Claire. I got a four one. That's
0: good. That's great. That's there
1: yeah, You need to make it a Roth though. Would you say that? So I, made, I am. I'm a Roth. big
0: fan of a Roth four hundred one k. Um, if you have a four hundred one k at all, and especially if your company matches, I always recommend that you make sure you at least get in the match because it's free money. Of course, don't leave free money on the table. Um, yes, sir.
2: That's five percent. That, uh, well, you can change it to anything. Ooh, Good Yeah, five percent is the 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 lowest that I can do. I'm like, ooh, baby, I I can't afford to have. This I get it. I team. get it. Just I regular. get it.
0: I say <laughs> I say take advantage take advantage of the <laughs> match if if your month to month uh cash flow can can afford to the hit, then absolutely do that. Um, but I also remind people. To think logically about not just not just your retirement benefits, but all of your benefits. It's really important to remember that in the context of your plan, your work benefits are supplemental. um, So they are not meant to be comprehensive. And unfortunately, a lot of people think, oh, well, I have that through my job. I got this through my job. But think logically about who your job is. No offense to your job, but. How. How can you, in good conscience, expect your job to be responsible for the total well being of yourself and your family financially? So they pay oh, you an goodness. income, you provide a service to them in exchange for that. And one of the things that they do to attract you is offer a benefits package. Some benefits packages are more comprehensive and competitive than others, but none of them are designed to be your entire financial plan and unfortunately over 50 percent of americans make all of their financial decisions at the job which means that a lot of us are walking around not completely naked but having a lot of exposure and falling short of what we actually need for our families because we mistakenly Mm -hmm. put too much weight on what our job is doing for us so um Mm -hmm. so yeah just keep that in mind It's great to do retirement planning at work and participate in that. And in most cases, your primary 401k or 403b, depending on where you work, um, 457, whatever your plan is at work is going to be the largest um, Mm -hmm. retirement asset in your portfolio because it's going to grow faster, because it's going to be paid into most consistently and because your employer is going to help you. But typically Mm -hmm. you need to be doing something else in addition to that outside of your job. um, Because we as as we also know, um, there are questions about how much we can rely on our Social Security later in life as well. So always be mindful that whatever you have at work, whether it's retirement, whether it's insurance, um, all of that is supplemental to what you should also be doing.
2: He dropping in jams. Well, i want
1: to know jams. right i want to know content information how I get a consultation you got it. it drop me yeah absolutely
0: so um <laughs> uh, my business twitter is at adam c. tolliver you can find me at, at adam c tolliver a d a m c t o l l i v e r you can also email me directly. At A Tolliver, that's my first initial last name, A T O L L I V E R, at Artisan F S Online, that's A R T I S A N F S Online.com.
1: Awesome. I'm also going to put your contact information in our description because I know. I gotta get my shit together. Jenna gotta get her shit together. I know a lot of our gotta get shit together. Gotta get their shit together. <laughs> yes. Because we talked about 401k and 401k Roth before, and a lot of people had not known. And so you're the first person that's been able to come on board that will be able to assist people, um, you know, with that hurdle of understanding how to move their money uh correctly, because like right now. You know, we we are we are all out here ass out. Millennials are ass out, honestly. Like we don't have a in game strategy. We're just trying to figure out, you know, what it is financially and how to get our seven streams of income. And you know, we're overwhelmed. And so I just appreciate all of your tidbits today because, as a small business, a full time small business owner, these are things that I have to think about all the time. Is, you know, I don't get the match. I don't have a company that automatically offers a benefits package. I actually have to create them myself and then also for my team so um you gave given a lot of insight what you think Jenna? It. awesome awesome sauce <laughs> awesome
2: sauce <laughs> you gonna find up too <laughs> listen i <laughs> already i read it man listen i told you when i get my life together get some of this stuff paid off you know it, what to, jenna uh, so the <laughs> Jenna,
0: I'm glad you said that because people do that all the time, um, and pe- people like to treat a financial advisor like the cleaning lady. Like it's I gotta clean, real. I gotta <laughs> clean up my whole house before you come over here. You gotta clean up um, before they come but over. I do, do want to home. remind yeah. you that it is my job to actually help you clean up. So, um, yeah. you know, and I trust me, I completely understand it. And, and in all seriousness, this needs to be said the The process uh, of financial planning again i can't stress enough; it is about money, but it is much deeper uh than than just money it's not just numbers and figures uh ultimately, we spend an inordinate amount of our time and our energy and our focus working for our money and so what happens to it um involves a lot of emotional baggage it involves a lot of vulnerability. It's a very intimate process. And so um, quite frankly, as as much as I would love to help everyone who's listening, there are plenty of people who are listening and may not resonate with my message and may not feel comfortable working with me. And that's fine because it is a very personal, a deeply personal process. Um, And and quite frankly, I I have close friends who, for that reason, don't want to get that close. Um, And so it's it's important to understand right. that. And then it's also important to understand from from my end, I do not have the capacity, the mental, emotionally, emotional or time capacity to work with everyone. Uh, I do my best to help who I can. Um, with all that being said, the process itself does require. Tackling some tough issues, uh, dealing with some personal stories, maybe even trauma around money, dealing with scripts from family members and history around thought processes and breaking habits. And so the process itself is not easy. and, And that's one of the reasons that a lot of people avoid it, because, again, you have to come to a place where you're ready to confront that stuff and you have to find a professional that you trust is actually going to be able to handle and honor and respect that process with you. Um, and so uh, I, I just want to stress that if you do feel apprehension, that is normal and it is logical because it's not, it's not a, it's not an easy process to go through.
2: You, you hit the, you hit the, That's right <laughs> you hit all the, all the buttons. I'm like you, you reading my mind. Cause you ain't going to see my, you don't want to see what's going on over here. you be like, damn, Jenna, what you been doing? That's, <laughs> Living the, that's,
0: life, baby. that's the other disclaimer, yeah. though. That's the other disclaimer. Whatever you no think you got going right. on, it has been seen They're before. I put it. That way. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's true. you know, it, right. people, people live life, and it's a lot of trial and error. People are figuring it out as they go, and so, yeah. um, that it, it is a staple of my being in my position is that I can review and look at what's going on without judgment. Um, and and, you know, there is a, there is a healthy tension between holding people accountable and being honest about where they are. So I, I ask people's permission to hurt their feelings from time to time, but knowing that it is out of love always, um, because it it is, it is deeply, deeply personal. And a lot of the shame that people have around money keeps them from ever doing anything about what they need to do. Um, and i take i take the responsibility very seriously because the conversations that we have can impact your family for generations to come quite literally like not not in a not in some um not in some abstract way but in a very literal way what we do or don't do what we don't talk about what we do talk about how comfortable we get with being honest with one another will have an impact on your family for generations to come And so, that level of comfort to be able to say, "Hey, I don't really feel great about the position that you're in right now, and here's why. This is what we can do. This is what we can't do. We've got to be able to get to that place." Um, And so, that that's part of it as well.
2: Jams, drop the jams, dropping the jams everywhere on the yellow brick road. (laughs) Mm. Well, we, we definitely, definitely appreciate you, Adam, um, for coming on, you know, and, and helping the people, because we're here for the people. We are definitely here for the people, and we want to make sure that everyone is having this generational wealth, making sure they are doing what they're supposed to do to, to survive, basically.
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's it's my pleasure again. I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I'm proud of you, Jenna, Tasha. I I don't know you just met Hi. you, but I'm proud of you too because I know I know the courage that it took for you to uh to Thank make you. this leap and start doing this. You know, first part time, and now you you rocking and rolling, running your own businesses. Um, what both of you guys represent and the value that you're bringing to. To our people is something that I can't overstate. I'm really grateful for you guys. I'm grateful for your platform, and I want you to keep going.
1: Thank you so much. That means yes. the world. I'm about to try <laughs> later. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Adam.